Welcome to the Reorg Primary Review, where we cover the latest developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy, and feature discussions on issues affecting distressed debt, leverage finance, direct lending, high yield bonds, high yield municipals, covenants, private credit, and middle market companies. I'm David Zubkis. We'll be taking a brief recess from our Primary Review interview segment this week, but we'll be back soon with more premium content. As always, we bring you our weekly summary of interesting developments in the restructuring world, as well as a preview of what's on tap for next week. It's Monday, February 26th. For in-court coverage this week, we take a look at Hornblower, Millennium Health, Rite Aid, Wesco Aircraft, Odyssey, and Instant Brands. Hornblower, our San Francisco-based company specializing in water-based and land-based experiences and transportation, filed Chapter 11 in the Southern District of Texas on Wednesday. Debtor signed a restructuring support agreement with strategic value partners and majority equity holder and sponsor Crestview Advisors that would reduce the company's debt by $720 million, hand majority ownership to SVP, and give Crestview a minority stake. At a first-day hearing on Wednesday, Judge Marvin Isger approved Hornblower's dip financing on an interim basis, giving the debtors access to all of a $300 million senior dip facility from Deutsche Bank AG and $224 million of a $285 million junior dip facility from pre-petition lenders SVP and Crestview. Debtors returned to court on Monday for a hearing on proposed bid procedures for their American Queen Voyage's luxury cruising business. Hornblower faces a July 10th RSA milestone to emerge from Chapter 11. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to consider a request by the Millennium Health Lender Claim Trustee to consider whether syndicated loans qualify as securities under federal and state laws. An August 2023 ruling from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit, which concluded that syndicated loan notes, which look like securities, are traded like securities, and carry the same risk as securities are not securities, will stand. The court's decision issued on Tuesday likely ends the threat of court-imposed securities oversight hanging over the leveraged loan market for several years while the litigation played out. The Rite Aid debtors filed an amended plan and disclosure statement on Tuesday with a toggle allowing a pivot to a sale transaction if it would provide superior value to the plan's restructuring construct. The proposed restructuring would provide 100% of pre-dilution reorganized equity to senior secured note holders, while a sale process could involve either a third-party sale credit bid from secured note holders. After the February 6th bid deadline, the required AHG note holders have not submitted a credit bid and do not support the current plan, say the debtors, who are discussing potential sale transactions with multiple parties. REORG published an analysis last week of creditor recoveries in the Wesco and Cora Chapter 11 cases, suggesting that the stage seems set for a potential settlement of claims stemming from the company's 2022 up-tiering transaction. REORG estimates that at the debtor's midpoint estimate of $650 million plan equity value, the up-tiered first-lien lenders, PIMCO and Silverpoint, would recover about 73% on their $1.394 billion in claims under the proposed plan, with formerly secured non-participating 2024-2026 note holders receiving an approximate 3% recovery. Judge Christopher Lopez confirmed the Odyssey debtor's prepackaged plan of reorganization at a hearing on Tuesday, overruling an objection from a pro se shareholder suggesting that Odyssey failed to satisfy the best interest of creditors test. Confirmation was otherwise uncontested. At a hearing on Thursday, Judge Marvin Isger confirmed Instant Brands Chapter 11 plan after the debtors announced they settled a confirmation objection filed by supplier Guangdong Medea Consumer Electric Manufacturing Co. Limited. Court directed further briefing on the U.S. trustee's objection to the plan's exculpation provision, with debtors' counsel agreeing that instant brands will strike the provision from the plan if the court ultimately finds it unlawful. Judge Martin Glenn issued an opinion on Thursday dismissing the Chapter 15 case of Silicon Valley Bank's Cayman Islands branch, or SVBCI. 
Judge Glenn concluded that SVBCI is ineligible to qualify as a debtor under the bankruptcy code. Judge wrote that Chapter 15 does not apply to entities ineligible for relief under Section 109B of the Bankruptcy Code, which excludes FDIC-insured domestic banks and foreign banks with branches in the U.S., and that SVBCI has no separate legal existence from SVB, a domestic FDIC-insured bank. Spirit Airlines, Medical Properties Trust, R-Dog, and First Quantum Minerals ran out this week's crop of near-term restructurings and refinancings. This week, Reard published an analysis of the fourth quarter 2023 earning reports from the major U.S. airlines to better understand trends in the sector. While the legacy airlines emphasize travelers' desire for their premium offerings, lower-cost carriers focus on actions being taken to move away from oversupplied markets and on additional ancillary service opportunities. As cost convergence in the industry accentuates dependence on revenue uplift to drive profitability gains, if Spirit is not able to capture the improving demand as effectively as its competitors, it may be challenging for it to achieve its guidance for positive free cash flow beginning in March. On a call last week to discuss fourth quarter 2023 results, Medical Properties Trust Management confirmed that it provided a commitment of $37.5 million of bridge loans to Steward, in addition to the $60 million already provided earlier this year. According to management, Steward has already achieved all the required milestones to draw on the entire $37.5 million commitment. RDOG management on a conference call last week to discuss fourth quarter 2020 results said that its internal review of its capital structure is ongoing and highlighted its expectations for the beginning of a recovery in 2024 and sharply lowered 2024 capital expenditure guidance as compared to 2023. Management said it was conscious of its debt maturities and added that it, while it currently has an attractive maturity profile with 95% fixed rates, it needs to be cognizant of prepayment penalties. Last week, First Quantum priced $1.6 billion of new second lien notes at 9.375%. The proceeds alongside a billion-dollar equity offering will be used to fully redeem the group's 2025 and 2026 unsecured notes and for general corporate purposes. Additionally, the company is amending its credit facilities to extend their maturity to April 15, 2027. Top Red Stories this week concluded, U.S. core CPI shows resilient inflation. ADOC conciliator to work on 6 billion euro debt stack. China South City's U.S. dollar bonds hit. In Viva, Thrasio prepared a file for Chapter 11. WeWork note holders request appointment of examiner. Altus USA new debt issuance clears maturity runway until 2027. Jackson Walker says Exco got exactly what it wanted in mediation with Jones, calls Exco's efforts to claw back firms' fees unsubstantiated, a self-serving opportunistic money grab. And now here's Kate Thomas from New York with the week ahead. Welcome to the week ahead. My name is Kate Thomas, and here are a few highlights from the upcoming week. A longer schedule of the week's events, including earnings reports, can be found under America's Week Ahead on the Reorg website. It's another week, so that means it's another week of the Wesco and Cora trial on the 2022 Up to Your Exchange transaction. Or does it? At the trial last Thursday, the debtors announced the parties are conferring to determine whether to resume the trial on Monday or at an unspecified later date. As of recording, we don't know the outcome of these discussions. The parties are currently engaged in mediation before Judge Christopher Lopez aimed at reaching a global resolution for the litigation and the Chapter 11 cases. On Friday, the confirmation hearing was pushed another two weeks and is now slated to go forward on March 27th. The Genesis Global Debtors confirmation hearing is scheduled to go forward Monday morning after it was adjourned from February 14th. Settlements with the SEC and the New York Attorney General are also up for approval on Monday. 
the debtors received several confirmation objections, as well as an objection to the NYAG settlement from Parent Digital Currency Group. DCG argues that the settlement, which would resolve the Attorney General's $1.1 billion fraud suit, would funnel the, quote, entire residual value, unquote, of the debtors' estates to the NYAG, regardless of whether the plan is confirmed. Similarly, DCG says that the plan would divert value from equity to general unsecured creditors under its, quote, sham, unquote, distribution principles. Also Monday is the Rite Aid Conditional Disclosure Statement hearing. Last week, the debtors filed an amended plan and disclosure statement, which provides either a debt equitization-based restructuring or a pivot to a sale transaction if a higher or otherwise better sale transaction materializes. As with the prior version, the amended plan would deleverage the balance sheet by more than $2 billion. Mediation with required members of the ad hoc secured noteholder group remains ongoing, and the amended disclosure statement notes that the required ad hoc group noteholders do not support the current iteration of the plan. That's it for now. For more on the week ahead, check out America's Week Ahead on the Reorg website and have a great week. Thank you again for tuning in to the Reorg Primary Review and our weekly review. Find all our podcasts on the Reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. Take care and see you all next week. Thank you.